Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Catholic Talk Show. Today, we're going to be talking about papal assassinations. That's right. So many times the Holy Father has been the target of assassination attempts. Sometimes the Pope has been spared. Other times the Pope has been assassinated. And we're going to explore that today. Holy Father, look out! <laughs> yeah, so we're going to... That was interesting. It was, you um, know. It, yeah. was, it was a perfect way to illustrate what we're going to be talking about on this episode, which is papal assassinations and Father Rich. I think you do a fantastic pope. Why, thank you very much. Yeah. If I was a pope walking down the street, that's exactly what I would say. You sound are like. the Jim Caviezel of pope actors. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. What about me, guys? I was, oh, I, was, I, was I was legitimately terrified for the life of the Holy Father. Okay, good. <laughs> and I've, I've always been terrified by Howard, the Gordon's fisherman. Right. So that was pretty terrifying. But let me say... If you're listening in, you should check that out on YouTube because <laughs> the bobbleheads came to life. They did. It was ridiculous. We might, ha- we might be able to start a theater, like a children's <laughs> theater or something. <laughs> uh, let's see how this turned out first. <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about papal assassinations and papal assassination attempts. Um, throughout history, there's been so many times when people have used force against the Holy Father because he holds so much influence and sway over both the secular and the spiritual world, and it makes him a target. You know, and we were thinking about this because our own illustrious Father Rich was recently named a uh, missionary of mercy, which is a very high papal Mm -hmm. honor and something that you really deserve because, I mean, you taught me a ton about showing mercy and, 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 you know, pastoral closeness. That's, you know, a lot of people are all pastoral closeness. It's true. It's what Jesus would want. But one of the privileges as a missionary of mercy that Father Rich now has is that he can forgive sins that are typically only reserved for the Pope to be able to forgive. And wow. this is this is one of those sins, like an attack on the person of the Holy Father. A physical is, attack. A physical attack is an excommunicable offense. Automatic. <clears throat> yeah, so, so you totally forgive me now. Well, <laughs> <laughs> No, he's forgiving the Gorton's Fisherman. Yeah. Okay. He's not forgiving me for your acting, guy. though. Okay. <laughs> yeah, your acting was pretty that, terrible. That's, that's not part of the game. Unforgivable. <laughs> <laughs> so Canon 1370 states, a person who uses physical force against the Roman pontiff incurs a late sententiae excommunication reserved to the apostolic see. If he is a cleric... Another penalty, not excluding dismissal from the clerical state, can be added according to the gravity of the delict. Mm-hmm. So that basically means, look, if someone tries to attack the pope, the only person who can forgive them is the pope. What and if the pope dies? It was reserved to the Holy Father. So for a greater period of time, even if the pope dies, um, the tribunal office of the apostolic penitentiary is still one of those operative offices, even in the status vacante. So when the seat is vacant, the tribunal office of the apostolic penitentiary, mainly like the mercy of the office of the Holy Father, remains open to all people, which is really a pastoral disposition yeah. of, of the church. He's got an office just for mercy? Yeah. 
Yeah, like, that's well, it's just, not like a just sit around forgiving people all day or well, that's what the, the church does, dude. Yeah, they ha- that's exactly what. And and honestly, as much administration as I do, as much research I do for you know this this campaign and building a church and architecture, where I want to be is in the confessional. That yeah. I want to be there all day. That yeah. if I could do that all day, I'd be very very happy. Well, let's let's pray that you never have to forgive someone for um, using force against the pope. But it has happened so many times mm-hmm. throughout history. I mean, the list of popes who have been who have died violently is pretty long, and that's not just martyred popes. We're not talking about martyred popes because right. those are not; those are that's a different categorization, right? What we're talking about is people who are trying to kill the pope for um, political reasons, essentially. Yeah. You know what I can't help but think about is is uh, the assassination attempt on John Paul II, absolutely, and how JP two actually heard his confession and attended to him pastorally. I mean, that goes like right to the point of the Holy Father himself Mm -hmm. going with the faculties that he bears and privilege before Christ to go and forgive that sin. Yeah. So on May 13th, 1981, um, Pope St. John Paul II was in St. Peter's Square and he's going around and he's in the Pope Mobile and there's an assassin, a potential assassin in the crowd, Mehmet Ali Agsha, who was a, a Turkish guy. Yep. And he brought out a, I believe it was a Ruger pistol, mm. and he shot the Pope four times. Mm. Um, that's, you know, I think in a lot of people's minds, I mean, they've seen the videos, they've seen the pictures of John Paul II wounded and bleeding through his, through his vestments. Um, and through, uh, but the Pope lived. I mean, and, and I still to this day think it's miraculous. I definitely think, and I think and Pope had- John Paul II would say that he also... Number one, it was part of the prophecy of Fatima, uh, yeah. and that he ascribed surviving this attempt to Our Lady of Fatima. Amen. Yeah, and we we actually, for you listeners who have not watched the episode on um, the Royal Swiss Guard mm-hmm. that we had, it was really really amazing that he was actually there uh-huh. and covered him up mm-hmm. um, after he was shot. Uh, so it's an amazing story. You can go check out a little bit more in detail. It, it yeah. truly is, and. You know, when you when you consider how we normally react to someone's violence toward us and, and you know, mercy is just so revolutionary. So it's a product of the miraculous. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to, to realize that through the intercession and intervention of Our Lady of Fatima, St. John Paul II was saved from the assassination attempt that should have taken his life. Mm-hmm. I mean, shot four times. I mean, what a hero. And then on top of that, to respond with mercy is is really one of the greatest testaments of our faith and the power of Christ to transform our hearts and really help us rebuild society through mercy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, there's a lot of theories as to why uh, Ali Agsha attempted the assassination. And I, as far as I could tell, Mehmet Ali Aksha is probably mentally ill, right? That's, yeah. Um, you know, at times he's claimed to be Jesus. At other times he says he wants to become a Catholic priest. At other times he said he was directed by the KGB and Soviet forces. And so he's never really given a clear answer. So it really, to me, seems like um, schizophrenia mm-hmm. was the reason. Um, but they're in Vatican Square. I don't know if you've ever seen or St. Peter's Square. I don't know if you've ever seen this, but there's a small plaque right on the spot that just shows John Paul II's coat of arms and then the date in Latin numerals right yeah. where he was shot. And yeah. um, you have a, we have a relic of the vestment that John Paul II was wearing with, with from his blood. It's yeah. pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It really is. In fact, you know, Ryan, you gave my parish, St. John Paul II, a gift 
um, of a third-class relic that we prepared for the anniversary, the 40th anniversary of the attempt attempt of the assassination, Mm -hmm. which just took place this past May. And um, the cloth was actually touched to the blood of John Paul II that was shed on that day. Can you share more about like that specific relic? <laughs> yeah, sure. So there's a church in Cleveland, um, a Polish parish, right, uh, St. Stanislaus. And I've taken you and I've been there. there. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a beautiful church. It was actually the first place that Pope John Paul II ever visited yep. in the United States. He yep. went there to transfer the relics of St. Stanislaus. Uh, he's preached there. It's a, it's a really cool place. They still have his vestments there. I'll, next time you're in Cleveland, absolutely, uh, I'll, I'll take you there. Really cool. Yeah, we we tried to go. to go there when you were there, it was but it's closed. closed. Yeah, but um, I knew that that was coming up, so I went and I asked the, the guys at the parish if I could make a third class relic. Now, um, a first class relic would be a, the blood or a piece of bone or a piece of hair, hair. something actually yeah. from the body. A second class relic would be a personal possession. So. A John, habit, uh, uh, you know, his, or whatever. Yeah. A third class relic is cloth touched to a first class relic. Okay. So since this cloth, I, I went and I got a big thing of linen and touched it to the blood, and now these are all third class relics. So Father Rich was able to give that to his parishioners for that 40th anniversary. Yeah. But you know, going there and seeing the relic, venerating that, and and looking at the the you know actual blood that was shed here, I think really calls to mind the. Number one, what an amazing pontificate, what an amazing pope, but also, you know, the protection of Our Lady of Fatima, the the third prophecy of Fatima of a suffering pope who was shot, you know, um, people will say, again, getting into conspiracies, that that's not really the third secret, but, I mean, Pope Benedict XVI said it was, I trust him mm-hmm. over the internet, <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> And on the back of this, I have the protection prayer of Our Lady of Fatima. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And to realize her maternal support and protection is is something that is evident in the life of JP2, but evident in the life of a lot of the popes uh, throughout history and, and certainly our experience of, of turning to the intercession of our Blessed Mother. Yeah, is that the subtuum? Mm-hmm, it is. It's yeah. the subtuum. So it's one of the most ancient petitions the oldest to Mary Our Lady. Yeah. So what we'll do is... Uh, there's, you have more of those, right? I do. So if you would like one of these, hold that up so they can see it. You can see that there's a little piece of the cloth right there. Uh, if, you like, if you'd like one of these, leave a comment, like this video, um, make a comment saying you'd like one, and then we'll randomly pick some people. We don't have a lot to give mm-hmm. to everyone, other we would, otherwise we would, but we'll pick some people out and send a few of these out just That's to a great idea. You know, spread that around a bit. Absolutely. Um, but I really do think, well, I mean, after the assassination attempt on John Paul II, so many things changed, right? You know, how the Pope Mobile is constructed, mm-hmm. how the um, Swiss Guard, like you talked about, Ryan, protected the Pope in different ways. It really modernized the protection of the Pope. And since that time, there hasn't really been too many big incidents. You know, you had, um, you know, Benedict the Sixteenth being pulled down during a midnight mass. Mm-hmm. You had the... By another deranged person. Yeah, yeah. You had the woman like holding on to Pope Francis, you know, when he had to kind of break away. Yeah, and smack her hand a little smack bit. Smack her hand. Which I would have done the same thing too. He got criticized for it, but you know, don't be pulling up on the Pope. Come on, that. man. You know? But, Act like a lady. You know, I want to criticize all the people who are being so critical. Right? Uh, let's, let's like spin it. That's that's right. You just blew my mind, bro. You just took it from here. Broke the matrix. You took right it from there. here, put it down here, then put something else on top. It's the old flip-flop. Um, 
But yeah, getting the chance to venerate that relic, it was was really cool. And um, I love the video too. Yeah, I sent you a video of it. So looking at those relics and seeing that there was actually blood spilled, I mean, it was, I think, very um, unknown whether the Pope would survive that. So that when you look at him going and publicly asking for prayers of forgiveness for Mehmet Ali Agsha, mm-hmm. I think it makes it that much more powerful. And I think the the point that you just made too, and and we can't overlook it. It has to be a product of prayer, right? You know how how can we ever forgive or show mercy to someone like that? Yeah. It has to be a product of Jesus influencing us in the power of the Spirit. And I love because the next year JP two went to Fatima, took that bullet, and placed that bullet in the crown of Our Lady. That's right. I mean, and it's it's still there, and that's a really beautiful, I guess, devotion. Like. You know, this crown that crowns Our Lady, he had this bullet taken out mm-hmm. of his body and put into the crown. Now, now here's something crazy about that trip, right? This is a year later on the anniversary of his assassination attempt. So he goes to Fatima and now in 1982. Now, what most people don't know is on that trip, there was another assassination attempt on that day where the Pope was literally stabbed by an SSPX priest. Oh, my gosh. Many people don't know this story, right. and I, I was not very familiar with it myself. See, they kind of didn't really publicize it. Um, you know, people knew that there was an attack, but it was only really revealed in 2008 when Pope John Paul II's secretary revealed that you know he got stabbed. I mm. mean, he was bleeding after the ceremony. So this is like an extremist priest, like a yeah, a priest that was influenced by politics and and just again, a real, I think another mentally unstable no. person. Yeah. His name was uh, Juan Maria Fernandez y Crone. He was an SSPX priest. He was actually um, ordained by um, Marcel Lefebvre, right? Mm. Um, Lefebvre, mm-hmm. and um, he so he's an SSSP, uh, SSPX priest, and he's kind of. Pretty upset that, um, you know, of modernism, right? Mm-hmm. So he took a bayonet off of a rifle and literally stabbed God the Pope. Bless. Um, mm. they, they wrestled him down. The guy, the, the guy was arrested. He was kicked out of the priesthood. And this goes, I mean, he was immediately yeah. excommunicated. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, because of what we were just talking mm-hmm. about. Uh, uh, whatever happened to him? Was he forgiven? Did he go? He, he went. Him? He was like a lawyer for a while. He left but the then priesthood. He yeah. left the priesthood and and got involved in a, a lot of these extremist political party movements. Yeah. And you know, you can become sick with that, getting involved with all the politics mm-hmm. of the world. And and he was a bit fanatic. Develop extremisms. Yeah. You know. Well, he's still going. That can at lead it. to violence. Uh, you know, and he he's tried to attack uh, the king of Belgium. He's tried to ca- attack the king of Spain. You know, and I, I do think a lot of times, and we'll see this, right? Yeah. Like we did an episode where we were, we were telling jokes and some super traditional extremist says, you're all going to hell for laughing, mm-hmm. for laughing, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it, it can become a sickness and you got to remember Christ has already won the victory. You know, everyone's moping around, oh, Satan's attacking the world. Look, dude, the game's already over. We're just watching the replay at this mm-hmm. point. Satan mm-hmm. lost. Yeah. Christ won. So to deny people of joy, to get involved in this conspiratorial it's just dwelling it, dwelling it, on negativity and it's poisonous to it and it's to propagating it even further though yeah. like it's it's taking it and then you're not improving it yeah. you know the levity the levity of humor and the levity of satire points out the the yeah. points that are that are wrong and the injustices but it's it's with levity you know I think it's almost a form of Gnosticism mm-hmm. it's like look I have the secret knowledge of what's really going on what's really the infiltration of the point. church 
And it can border on the same tendencies that lead to Gnostic heresies. Now, I'm not saying that being a traditionalist is heresy. I'm a traditionalist, mm -hmm. right? But an unbalanced view of it leads to things like this, where you're trying to kill the Pope. Mm -hmm. yeah. You're a priest, and you're trying to kill the Pope. I see so many people complaining about Pope Francis online. Mm -hmm. And Pope Francis even said when he had his surgery that people were wishing that he'd die. It's horrible. That's the, look, he's the Pope. Yeah. Look, you might not like everything he says, and it might go against your sensibilities. Too freaking bad. Mm -hmm. yeah. This is the Pope here. Yeah. You don't Pray get to for pick him. your parents. Yeah, <laughs> the True. Cardinals do, and they're and they're due they're due reverence in that same in that same honor respect. Your to honor your, your mother and father. Yeah. I love that yeah. analogy. But it's it is also very difficult to love um, like God, and I think it you have to have a supernatural assistance to mm -hmm. be able to love like Christ, right? Mm -hmm. Because we we live the Christian mystery is is that it is forgiveness. Like this is a very unforgiving world. And so when we show that, it's a mystery to a lot mm -hmm. of people, and it gives them access to the Holy Spirit and God. And that's so, a good point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and again, I think that's what we're showing here is like, it's a, it's understandable to criticize actions by the Pope. I, I'm, no one can say Absolutely. that you can't. But the sickness of just dwelling on it, mm -hmm. instead of praying for the Pope and praying for the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, leads to stuff like this, mm -hmm. you know? Um, a lot now... Going back a pope, right? We have John Paul II. Now, we have John Paul II because John Paul I didn't live long, mm -hmm. lived 30 days, 30, more right. or less. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people will say that there's a ton, again, of conspiracy theories that he was assassinated. Yeah, the Godfather Three covered that uh, yeah. conspiracy. <laughs> right. Uh, there, there's like this one gangster who said that uh, his one of his, car one of his cousins was a cardinal who was the head of the, the, the Vatican Bank, and he had him assassinated. Um, so John Paul I, who's up for canonization, mm -hmm. um, yeah. you know, I always wonder what the world would have been like if he had uh, continued on as pope. Yeah. Who knows? But so, again, there's another person where there's a lot of theories about that. And I won't get into a ton of those, mm -hmm. but it's possible. Anything's possible, mm -hmm. and especially at the at the time. Who knows? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, John Paul II um, was pope after Paul VI. Paul VI. Well, Paul VI was actually had an, uh, an assassination attempt too. I mean, wow. Um, so in 1970, uh, a, a guy dressed up as a priest so he could get close, he had a crucifix in his hand, and he he stabbed the Pope in the neck. Mm. What? Yeah, he stabbed Pope Paul VI in mm -hmm. the neck twice. Twice in the neck on either side of the jugular vein. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Number one, bad aim, thank God. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, the jugular vein's right there and just. You know, mm. side to side, but and on this dagger, both sides of the weapon with the inscription: bullets, superstitions, flags, kingdoms, garbage, armies, and poop, poop. <laughs> but they didn't say poop. Yeah. So this was again another extremist. Uh, Crazy man. What you know? But you know, so Pope Paul the Sixth had like a, a spondylosis, mm -hmm. right? Which is kind of like a bone disease, kind of structural disease. So he had to wear like a really stiff collar to kind of keep his head together. Huh. And that saved his life. Mm. Got stabbed. Wow. Yeah, right in the neck twice. God bless. You know? Now. And this wasn't revealed until after his death, 1978. Right. So some of these things are retained. Really? Yeah. yeah. I think they don't want to maybe. Um, sensationalize Sensationalize it. and make it more apparent. Copycat you know, type yeah. stuff. You know, and this, this reminds me of something that uh, Thomas Aquinas, the uh, Soctor of the Church, said. And you know what he said? <laughs> Speaking of garments, uh, he said, 
<laughs> you need to go to catholictalkshow.com forward slash socks, and you can learn about our sponsor, which is Sock Religious, the finest purveyor of Catholic socks in the entire world. Father Rich, I know you're a big fan. Isn't that right, Father Rich? Well, I have to say, you know, we're talking about a lot of the shoes of the fishermen today. And if I take off my shoe, my fisherman shoe here, what's underneath them? What's underneath them? What do you got? Hey, nice. look at that. Not only are you not only Fulton are you, J. Sheen, baby. Not only are you a promoter, you actually wear these socks. Yeah. I literally wear these socks every single day. I know. And they make great gifts. So Sock Religious, S-O-C-K, which is is what it is. How you spell sock? R-E-L-I-G-I-O-U-S dot com. Sock Religious. Sock so Religious. They make all kinds of great socks. They make uh this is the Nativity set. St. Nicholas. Um, they make socks for kids. Here's the um St. Ignatius socks. So Sock Religious has tons of great designs. They're super comfortable, super durable. They're great for yourself. It's a nice little thing to wear, you know, when you're going to Mass. They make great gifts, great, well, stocking stuffers? <laughs> Seems weird. Sock stocking sock, stuff, sock stuffers. stuffers. Yes. Right? So, Thomas Aquinas, Thomas Aquinas, he says, Thomas Aquinas, <laughs> if you go <laughs> to catholictalkshow.com forward slash socks, you can get 10% off of anything on the entire Sock Religious site. Wow. Make nice. great gifts. They're great for yourself. I'm going to go there myself. <laughs> how many I mean, how many pairs of Sock Religious socks do you have? Oh, buddy, there's a whole drawer full in there. Pope Francis himself has a pair of Sock Religious socks. He actually has this set. Now, not for kids. Maybe for kids. Maybe he's got small feet. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. But uh, I know he doesn't wear Pope Benedict's red shoes. Maybe they didn't fit, and that's why he's wearing his own shoes. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, Pope Francis himself has sock religious socks. I love so, it. I mean, it, they're really cool. They're really fun. Great gifts. Mm-hmm. Uh, go to so- uh, catholictalkshow.com forward slash sock religious to save 10% off now. Now, there's one other thing that we really should talk about. You know what that is? What's that? Oh, well, no, that's <laughs> blur that out. He's naked now. <laughs> Put on some clothes. Put on some clothes. He's like St. Francis running around right now. <laughs> Uh, that is the number one Catholic app. And you know what that is? Hallow. That's right. And Hallow is number one Catholic app in the app store today for a great reason. They have the richest content in Catholic tradition and history, and they have phenomenal programs like Lexio Divina, journaling, music, ways to kind of wind down from a rough day and really enter into the state of prayer. That's right. Uh, so, I mean, look, maybe Sunday after mass, maybe a weekday, you know, had a long day. Pop some on some socks, get comfy, <laughs> sit down, say some prayers. They have meditative prayers. They have beautiful chant. They have all Jonathan kinds of, Rumi, Jonathan Rumi. Our Father. They mm-hmm. have Bishop Robert Barron. They have Mike Schmitz. And I think all of our listeners, I think, you know, it's been a long time coming, but I'm willing to admit that you are every bit the equal of Mike Schmitz. Every bit. And I think I think wow. making a statement. There. I think, I think this is just coming from mercy right now. We're yes. we're really focusing on mercy. I think Hollow needs way, to get <laughs> Father Rich on there too. So write to Hollow, tell him that you want Father Rich and that Mike Schmitz is no Father Rich. Okay? And that is absolutely <laughs> Thomas Aquinas. Tom, Thomas. Thomas. Thomas Aquinas says it to be so. And he's the um, authority he's the, in the matter. Well, he's the angelic Socter. So <laughs> 
Check out Sacrilegious. Check out Hollow. Great apps, great lifestyle things, things that keep you grounded, everyday things that help you live your faith. How much time do you spend on coming up with this thing? Nothing. This is brilliant. It's brilliant. I, I'm a brilliant guy. My no, goodness that's, gracious. That's Thomas Aquinas talking, so... <laughs> Well, I can't wait till we get into the 10th century of assassinations. That's right. So look, <laughs> 10th century. It's getting funky. It's, it's kind of the, it was the, the, the wild the not so golden years of uh, the papacy. Well, they call it the pornocracy. Oh, my okay? gosh. Because it was so bad, it was it was vile. Now, there were many, many popes throughout history that were killed. Right. Yeah, right? Many. But the martyrs are obviously, we're going, they're Off going the to stand here. alone. Well, there's, there's a different standard. Yeah, absolutely. And the inspiration of the witness of the martyrs. Uh, is very, very clear. But there were some popes that were killed that uh, are pretty questionable in their behavior. And we're going back to the pornocracy. We're going back to the Theophylacti. The Theophylacti, which is our favorite, least favorite pope. Yes. And our favorite <laughs> our word. Our favorite, least favorite. We, the Theophylacti of Tusculum <laughs> and the Counts of Tusculum, who more or less yes. controlled the papacy for 100 years or so yeah. in the 9th and 10th, or 10th mm-hmm. and 11th centuries. Total train wreck, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we did an episode, The Seven Worst Popes Ever. Check it out. Because Half of them were on that. Yeah. I think six out of seven yeah, were yeah. Yeah. Theophylacti. Yeah. Scumbags, dude. Oh, my goodness the gracious. dies. No go. <laughs> so where should we start here? Well, should... let's, just, let's start with, uh, I guess, the first of the, I guess. Of that 10th century? So between 18 or 870 and 980. So let's mm-hmm. say 880 and 980, 100 years. Um how many is this for? Seven, Seven popes were murdered. Yeah. I mean, that's that's like the Wild West in the Vatican, right? Yeah. And let, let's listen to uh, some of these. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, so 872 to 882. So John eight, John the Eighth, allegedly poisoned and then clubbed to death. Uh, not good. Not a good way to go. Ouch. I mean, poison's bad enough. Getting it clubbed just didn't to death. work, so they bludgeoned him. Yeah. Yeah. Either that or I, I don't think they gave him the poison after bludgeoning uh-huh. him. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I take that. Yeah, it's like, hey, man, I've been bludgeoning. You know, <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Man, oh man. Anyway, but see, uh, during this time period, there's a lot of politis, uh, you know, political maneuvering and subversion. All this. Mm-hmm. Um, Stephen the Sixth. Uh, now, Stephen the Sixth. We've done another episode on him, yep. where it's like I think the weirdest things that ever happened in the church or whatever. But Stephen the Sixth is famous for doing the Cadaver Synod. Mm-hmm. Where he dug, dug up, up Pope, Pope, Pope yeah. Formosus, put him on trial. Mm-hmm. I think that if you're living that kind of life, you know, that's living in the papal fast lane, right? You're taking mm-hmm. the Pope mobile 150 <laughs> miles an hour, right? You're going to end up crashing, right? And he did. He was he was strangled to death, mm. right, by one of his political rivals. Now, breaking into the 10th century, Leo V, he was also strangled. There's a lot of strangling going on. Well, they, well, they, they didn't, didn't have, have guns. guns. <laughs> Jinx. Uh, it's a bludgeon, stab, or... Poison. Poison. Yeah. Wow. Uh, John the 10th. Okay, now look. There was no strangling here, but it's it's a form of suffocation. Um, he was he was smothered with a pillow. Mm. This is a lot. So, like, we're talking 882, 897, 903, and then 928 was the... Uh, the, the famous pillow smothering of John. So the each each of these generations, I mean, these poor Catholics that lived in these Dude, <laughs> in, it's like, in these decades. Yeah, and like nowadays, like if the Pope gets assassinated or attempt, everyone freaks out. They're like, oh, oh no! Yeah. Now they're like the Pope's been they assassinated. Cry out the they're, injustice they're of like, it. Oh, oh, again? Yeah. 
those people fighting on that hill. Yeah. <laughs> but if JP2 would have been assassinated, he would have been a martyr. You know, martyr for the cause. He was, He was. yeah, look, he was on the... I don't know if it's martyr. But these guys... Killed by a deranged man. Well, that, you could be. It's called an odium fide. Okay. So that means if someone kills you because they hate the faith, it's kind of akin to being a witness for the faith, mm-hmm. right? Because that's why he's being targeted. Exactly. Even if it's from a place of de- being deranged. Now, now this John, next John one, twelve. He this, was not targeted for yes, his no. faith. This this one. This one's semi scandalous. I think John the twelfth was our number one worst. Yeah, pope. he was the worst pope. I think he was pope. I'm pretty uh, sure. Was, is he the one who was pope three different times? <laughs> so this guy is no, John no, the twelfth, no, no. nine fifty five to nine sixty four, and he was murdered by the jealous husband of the woman with whom he was in bed. Goodness gracious. Lord have mercy. <laughs> Theophylacti. Wow. He was directly related to the Count of Tusculum, mm-mm, mm-mm, which is just mm-mm. like, it doesn't end well for you. No. Uh-oh. So who else we got? Okay, now this one, I think, this one is a very unique papal assassination, which no one is really sure if he was assassinated. And I think, so we talked about Paul the Sixth. Mm-hmm. Which, if Ryan ever became Pope, he says he wants to be Paul the Sixth, the, <laughs> the Second. second. <laughs> which, yeah. which is like the greatest the second, thing. Ever. Paul the Sixth. Yeah, you want to be Paul the Sixth, the Second, which is so great. I think it's so dumb. <laughs> so there's an attempt on him. There was the alleged attempt, or the alleged actual successful attempt on John Paul the First. Mm-hmm. Then there was two attempts on John Paul the Second. Okay, there was no attempts really, that were critical that we know of. Benedict the 16th or Pope Francis. But Benedict the 16th is really tied to this other pope, which is Celestine V. Celestine V was the last pope before Benedict to abdicate. Okay? That's right, yeah. Uh, So so what happened is, is that when he abdicated, he was kind of pressured into abdicating by a more powerful candidate, right? Um, Which the Colonna family was like... At the time in Rome, you had these big, powerful f- families, right? They're almost like clans. So you had the Colonas, yeah. you had the uh, the Theophylacti, you had the Gaete, and all the, like all these big Gracchi, all these big families. So he was kind of pushed out. Like he was kind of a compromised candidate. He was a hermit. He really wasn't like trying to be pope. He wasn't a climber or anything like that. Yeah. So then he got pushed out, and he's like, "Okay, cool. I don't want to be pope anymore, and I, I abdicate." So he wanted to just go and live and be a hermit. Well, Boniface the Eighth, who seceded him, kind of didn't want another pope hanging around. I mean, if you look at the situation today, I think it's kind of uncomfortable for some people to have two popes, right? Now, Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI has been real quiet and real good, but they're even talking about putting in concrete rules for what a former or a Pope Emeritus can do. Can they wear white? Everything like that. Because mm-hmm. it's created some uncomfortable situations between people who are more aligned with Benedict and more aligned with Francis. Mm-hmm. And and you can't deny that. And I, I can't imagine any rules being written better than the way that Benedict has lived out his abdicated role as Holy Father. I mean, he has been so silent, so humble, so and prayerful. The only he's, he's always ever, been like that. He's quiet, always been that way. I love thoughtful. going to the Vatican and being in St. Peter's Square and listening to that beautiful man's voice. Mm-hmm. He was such a loving grandfather. Yeah. But even now, like if he wants to publish something, he asks the Pope's permission. Yeah, yeah. Right? He says there is only one Pope. But these same kinds of tensions existed after the abdication of Celestine V with Boniface VIII. Mm -hmm. It was not such a genteel time. So he was 
Celestine V tried to get away to Dalmatia, which is now Croatia. He tried to escape. He tried to get on a boat. They captured him. They arrested him and put him in a tower, mm-hmm. right, and made him just live there. And he died like 10 months later. And they say a lot of people at the time said that he was essentially executed because you didn't want the other factions, the other families to say, well, his abdication was not legitimate. He's still the Pope, right? It was a big power struggle. Uh. So according to a lot of people, Celestine V was actually assassinated, which I don't know if that would be a martyrdom or assassination. Hmm. That's that, that one's a really tricky one. But Celestine V, his ties to Benedict XVI, kind of puts a sequential bow on all of that. Hmm. Well, I say we start praying his intercession and see if there's any fruits of... Uh... His intercession. Well, he's a saint. He's a saint. Yeah, absolutely. He's been a saint. So what happened was the king of France after was kind of, you know, scrapping with Boniface VIII after Boniface VIII died, the king of France put forward his, um, you know, cause for canonization. And there was all kinds of miracles attributed to Celestine Celestine V and he became a saint. Mm. So... Actually, I think 10, 15 years ago, there's a big earthquake in the church where his his relics are at. L'Aquila? What, what was yeah, that? I think yeah. so. Yeah. And um, one of the only things that survived was his relics. And then Pope Benedict went there in 2008 or nine, a few years before his abdication. And he took the pallium that he wore during his, um, you know, when he became Pope and laid it on the uh, relics of Celestine V, and no one really looked into it at the time. But then when he announced his abdication, you look back at it, and you're like, he was thinking about it back then. He went out of his way to visit, to visit Celestine V, wow. leave his pallium on there and everything. Hmm. Very cool. Yeah. Inside baseball. That's right. Yeah. So Benedict VI, he was strangled too. <laughs> <laughs> um, again, another another Theophylacti, uh, dude. Yeah. Um, There's a whole list, and and with John, these Theophylacti, I mean, God bless, they they did some things that would arouse that type of uh, anger and, yeah. and murderous intent. Pietro Canapanova, who mm-hmm. was Pope John the Fourteenth, mm-hmm. starvation, starvation, murdered, mm-hmm. a lot of them. Uh, so, and again, now here's another thing: Boniface the Eighth. Who likely or possibly had Celestine V killed? He was also likely or possibly killed. <laughs> man, oh man! Yeah. I, you know, sometimes we think, man, the the world that we live in is just so terrible, terrible, and barbaric. Yeah, people say mean things. This world's falling apart. <laughs> yeah, they said something mean on YouTube. <laughs> oh no! Uh, it's nothing compared to when Napoleon. I hurt so many people's feelings by my preaching. You do? Really? Oh, yeah. No. Oh, my gosh. Well, don't don't be around any Theophylacta. You're I know. Could you imagine? <laughs> You're about to eat some uh, Strozzapretti. <laughs> Strozzapretti. So, yeah. One last one, I think, which is, by the way, our clock doesn't work, our pious clock. Mm-hmm. So we have a clock in here, and for each hour, there's pious the first, second, whatever, all the way to the 12th. It's stuck on Pius the uh, Pius. It's about eight Pius the eight forty five. Okay, it's been stuck in there for a while. He looks mean. No way, Pius the eight's great. But roll it back an hour or two, and Pius sixth and seventh both died 
essentially or were attempted assassination by Napoleon. Ah. Oh, whoa. Napoleon. Roll the clock back. Roll the clock back. Uh, Two hours. It doesn't work. We got to fix that. Howard. <laughs> <laughs> you can turn on the camera, but can't fix a clock. <laughs> so hard to find good help. First, they're trying to assassinate the Pope. Then they yeah. won't fix our clock. You're having a bad day, pal. <laughs> Howard, will you please get off your butt and go fix the, the clock, please? <laughs> well, you're going to get strangled. We should be strangled. <laughs> you're going to get strangled. I can assure you. We will go full theophylacti on you, Howard. <laughs> <laughs> He's just smiling and nodding. He's so good natured. Howard, before Delacrosse gets up, please fix the clock. Yeah, you, dude, we're looking out for you now. You're in under grave danger. So yeah. take a look at that. Get the clock. Get the so clock, while you're Howard. fixing that, or if you can't fix it, at least set it to, I don't know, Pi 635. That way it's on both of them. So. <laughs> so. When Napoleon. <laughs> So when Napoleon invaded the Papal States, yeah. right, during, you know, his, his time as emperor in mm -hmm. Europe or whatever, he literally pointed cannons at the Pope's apartment window. Mm. He kidnapped Pius VI. Oh, my gosh. Um, because he wanted to eliminate, you know, he wanted to be the only power in Europe. He kidnapped Pius VI. Pius VI died from the mistreatment, which is kind of an assassination, if you ask me. I mean, mm. yeah. It's like it's like Starmium, getting clubbed. Or it's like a POW. Yeah, you know, it dying. is. Well, yeah. I hope poor Howard never feels mistreated by us that he would die out, out, out of the result of our mistreatment. Howard, you did literally nothing. Do you know how a clock works? <laughs> it's, is it working? No. No. Okay, well, that's fine. <laughs> we'll look at it after this episode, Howard. <laughs> Howard. Uh, he also kidnapped um, Pius VII. And um, he... Um, Took him to France, made him crown him emperor and everything, mm -hmm. but wouldn't even let him put the crown and took the crown from him. Um, that ended the papal states. Mm -hmm. uh, Pius VI died of it. Pius VII really, I think, could have died from all of it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, again, it shows the nature of, I think most of these assassinations really go around political nature. Now, you have a couple people who are mentally unstable, but most of the time when the Pope's under, I guess, direct threat it's because of politics mm -hmm. and and you see that again in today's world everyone one of the things i really dislike the most about what's going on in the church is that i call it like the the cnn fox newsing of the church everyone's like picked sides that align to american political parties it's like well i'm a rightist catholic i'm a leftist catholic and it's creating so much division it's creating so much animosity to the towards the pope like and where is this trajectory moving us that's, to? That's what I'm saying. Like, okay, well, like you look at the American politics. Well, you have one president and the other side just complains and cries for four years. And then you get yeah. a new one. Then the side who was saying, why are you crying about the president? Support the president. Then they're crying for four years. Yeah. It, it's not even, people don't even, I don't even think have deep set feelings or thoughts. It's just about complaining and picking camps. And it really, it, it's unfortunate that that's going on right now. Mm -hmm. I don't agree with everything Pope well, Francis a lot of that, too, is the internet and all the venues that you uh, conceivably have a voice when in reality it's just people, uh, you know, looking at what you post online and liking it and agreeing with it. And it honestly, is like impotent, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, just like your your thoughts on social media, like, I mean, I don't do it because it's like I, I don't care, mm -hmm. you know? Um, 
and most people, when you type this stuff and you're angry and you're, I mean, it's just a vortex that you just get sucked into that you think this is real life and it's not. Mm-hmm. You said vortex. <laughs> you said vortex. Oh, yeah, sorry. We realize in falsehoods Stop. get exposed. Right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they get turned. <laughs> they get turned up in that vortex. They get turned up in there. Uh, but I think what you said was right. Like, where's all this going? I mean, I think we all need to pray for the Holy Father because I don't think it's unreasonable to think that this kind of animus leads towards either assassination attempts on this pope or a future pope. And it's just such a tragedy yeah. that now it's all happening within the church, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's not just politicians and 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 cardinals trying to jockey for power. I mean, this is just your average person in the pew getting so bent out of shape with opinions that they wish the pope death. I mean, mm. that's it's pretty messed up. It uh, really is. So there's a really interesting quote that I came across uh, recently from St. John Vianney. When people want to destroy religion, they start by attacking priests because when there are no priests, there is no sacrifice. And when there is no sacrifice, there is no religion. And, you know, I think when it comes to what the church provides, what, what the faith provides and through the shepherds, you know, when there, when there's a, such a product of, of, um, really pastoral care over the people of God, governments are going to bang up against that. And, and when you have like that authority push and pull, like clearly Napoleon, the Napoleon complex is he wants to be in control, Mm -hmm. like literally placing the crown on his head and anybody who threatens his authority in the same way that Herod threatened the authority, you know, was felt threatened by Christ. It it just, it it manifests in uh, attack and violence on, on religion and, Mm -hmm. and on those who represent religion. That's right. So You know, this was a little brief history of papal assassinations, and it brought up, again, because of two reasons, because of what we're seeing towards, you know, online, and also, again, because, and let's all congratulate Father Rich on his appointment as a... Mercy man. uh, You know, mercy man. Mercy man. man. Missionary of mercy. So, again, if it ever happens, you know, that Delacrosse gets a little wild and, you know, throws a haymaker, (laughs) you can forgive him, right? (laughs) Unless he had the presumption of forgiveness. Oh, but I, let me recommend that you kick that case up to a higher authority. <laughs> yeah, I may have to call on one of my brother missionaries to handle that case. Now, if it's Howard, just straight out refuse. <laughs> Excommunication. Yes. That's right. Immediate. Immediate. Yeah. Well, we're glad that you're not excommunicated, and you're, we're glad that you are communicating with us on all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Big shout out to our patrons that support the show financially. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. So thank you for your generosity. If you want to become a patron, go to catholictalkshow.com forward slash Patreon. And there you'll see everywhere that you could support us. Again, we're so happy you joined us at the Catholic Talk Show, and we'll see you next week.